So bring your hands to your heart center. I can feel my own heart a little bit of excitement about the offering today, about seeing all of you and being together. And so the offering for all of you is you just gently hold your hands on your heart center. Can you just name and be with what is? With what's arising for you. Making space for it. My current um, working definition of love is love is saying yes to what is. And so as we greet ourselves and begin the ritual of practice together, right from the get-go can we begin by making space and acknowledging and greeting what is arising for us. And then let's take three deep breaths together. Inhaling through the nose. Exhaling soft out the mouth. Inhaling through the nose. Exhaling soft out the mouth. that big full breath and the biggest inhale of the day and then letting it go exhaling and just sitting with this for a moment I mean noticing that for you just from three mindful, on purpose, paying attention without judgment breaths, that there might be more space to greet what is. And then you're welcome to listen as we chat for a moment with your hands on your heart there, eyes closed. Or go ahead and let your hands drop, lift your chin and open your eyes. Hmm. Settling. So um, it's Easter, friends, which I teach every Easter. So I'm really excited to have you all here and that we get to be together. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, maybe, um, I was raised Catholic when I was young. And um, 
I'm actually, you know, for a long time I had a lot of wounding around that because Catholicism is sort of a shame-based education system. And <laughs> it uses the qualities of shame to then hopefully get you to do things and then come to find out to also uphold a certain kind of capitalism um, by making us think that there is something between us and God. Uh, and when I came to yoga, I totally had this, the, my whole life, I was like, had a deep underlying sort of faith that there was something larger than me, that I was not just this body and this mind, right? And when I came to yoga, I remember like in my yoga teacher training where I was beginning to understand some of the um, tenets of yoga, I felt like this. I was like, yes, I knew it. This idea that like there is nothing between me and God and that it is all about connection and wholeness and that it is not about um, seeking something outside of myself, but rather that freedom comes from inside, right? However, um, there's three ways in which spiritual transformation takes place, right? And that's what we're talking about here when we're on Easter. The resurrection is really about transformation, is about re-remembering who we are, about rising up um, from a deconstruction, right? And so a lot of us, well, all of us, no matter who you are in this classroom today um, or on the podcast, have some sort of way in which your parents and your family chose to raise you spiritually when you were young, yes? And whether that means that you received no spiritual training or you went to Catholic school for 12 years or you were raised Jewish or whatever was happening, um, there was, or you were really science-based family. I know that there's families like that. I love those kinds of families out there. And that is what we call construction, like the construction of our spiritual life, of our relationship with spirit, right? And deconstruction is usually what happens um, on the next level, which is when we um, perhaps begin to question right, naturally, and rebel against the teachings that we received from our given family. I love watching you snuggle your animal, Melise. It's making me really happy in the corner. <laughs> if you guys can see that, it's very cute. She just did a little kissy. Um, and so we get the construction of our spiritual life, which is like the baseline that we get from our family. And then we start to rebel and question and read. For me, I went like deep into French existentialism, which essentially was like, and also the study of Judaism. Like there's not one Catholic I know who isn't like Jewish curious, who really like is like interested in that kind of way of constructing the world. And so that's what it looked like for me. And then when I met yoga, um, in my late teens, and then eventually in my teacher training, I was like, oh, this is going to be the reconstruction, right, of my spiritual life. And the cool thing about this that I love is that there's not any sort of right or wrong way of doing this. That's always a flag on the field, right, when people say that there's a right or a wrong way to be able to live our spiritual lives. And that it very much honors our um development as human beings, the way in which we move in the world naturally, right? We have the things we were given, we have the rebellious phase, and then we have our choices in the way that we come and reconstruct it, right? 
Um, so I was thinking about the construction part of my upbringing, obviously, because it's Easter. And Easter was a real big deal, friends. In the Catholic church that I went to, I was raised in a Jesuit Catholic church. And we would go to um, a mass at midnight on East, the night before Easter. So it was like right as it was Easter. And then it was when all the adults in the community would get baptized. So it wasn't when the children would get baptized. It would be when the adults in the community who had decided as adults, they were in their reconstruction phase, to become baptized. And it was very dramatic. The Catholics have a flair for the drama. I mean, look at any church in Europe and you can tell, right? It's like very dramatic, you know, the architecture in and of itself and the paintings. And... Um, and, and so there was a procession that we would do from the retreat center that was next door to my church, which is on um, 42nd and Powell, right here in Portland, Oregon. And we would do this procession, and all of the adults would be wearing these white gowns. Um, and I know, isn't this wild? It's so funny to think about. And then we would do the Mass, and in the middle of the Mass, there was a tub, which as a child I was always like, how did this tub get here? And the adults, they didn't just do the pouring of the water on the head thing. The adults would be completely, like, dunked in the white robes. I know. I gasped too, Naomi. And they'd be completely dunked in the pool, like, totally submerged, and then come out. And imagine this through child's eyes. It's even funny just, like, saying it right now. But if you can imagine this through child's eyes, it was, like, this, like, jaw-dropping, like, so dramatic, like, <gasps> and then the question is, like, do they feel different? It's kind of like having sex or something for the first time. It's like, do you feel different? You know, like, what happens when that happens? And that's the funny, I know, right? And Because everyone has that question when you, remember before you had sex and you're like, what's going to happen? Am I going to be like a different person? Which is also another way of being transformed. And, um, and so these adults would come up out of the water and that was my question as a child. Like, what happened in that water? And there's a teaching that comes from Shakespeare, actually. And the teaching is, is that in any of Shakespeare's plays, there, when a character gets submerged into the ocean fully, like dumped off a boat, uh, fallen in water, they usually like disappear for a little while. It's almost like an initiation rite or something like that, which baptism is an initiation rite. And then they come back, and in the context of the play, they are always much wiser. They are always much wiser. And if you think about this, I, I just love this so much. If you think about this, the, the ocean, right, is the source of all life, right? It provides air, water. It's like teeming. Every little, like, micro part of the ocean is teeming with life. And when we are submerged in water, the metaphor is, is that we are um, connected then more fully with what is. Right? It gives us a greater, wider context for our life, which is what wisdom is. Is this making sense, friends? Okay. I love that we like got to talk about sex and baptism simultaneously. That was unplanned, not in the notes. <laughs> um, 
So if you think about this is, and this is all like big sort of philosophical ideas, but if we root this idea of ocean and water in the practicality of our daily lives, um, it makes a lot of sense because, and this is, this is not, I'm not making this up, friends. Um, yes, and we're also in the water in the womb. I don't know who that was, but that's true. Yes, from birth to rebirth, exactly. Um, it is our life source, right? It is a source of life. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Oh, ocean. So if you think about the ocean, and this is what I wanted to say is I am not making this up. The metaphor of ocean is used across all spiritual traditions. This is, uh, there's a long lineage of ocean metaphors that come before me. And the idea of the ocean is, is that we have on the surface, the weather, right? Which causes the storms and the waves and the movement of the ocean. And then beneath that, when you submerge and go into the depths, you realize that what is happening on the surface isn't all that is, right? And so when we submerge ourselves, which is what we're doing in yoga, into something that is deeper um, than just the weather of what is happening moment to moment of our material lives, then we have a larger, wider context from which to greet the world. And that place is wisdom. Is this helpful? And it gives some, um, there's, I'm always like, why do we do yoga? You know, and this is one of the reasons why. And especially here, you guys, in this time of COVID, I wonder what we're going to call this time. Will we call it the time of COVID? Um, But in this time of COVID, there's more meaning happening. There's more like relationship with our priorities happening. There's more um, relationship with our own integrity. How do we want to be in the world? And what was the other thing that I wrote? Uh, Oh, and that it's a relationship accelerator, right? This comes, um, Esther Perel said this, um, she said like when we're in times of war, in times of COVID, there's a way in which our relationships, both with ourselves, with God and with each other, it's like we put an accelerant on it and it's accelerating the way that we experience the world. And so it's a wonderful time to remember to not stay on the surface where the weather is, but can we go into the depths? Can we like those people um, who decided to convert on Easter as adults, get fully submerged, like the characters, to get fully submerged and find a greater context for our lives? Um, And I think that's it, friends. I'm just looking to make sure I didn't miss anything. Nope. We did it. Oh, And then the last thing that I wanted to say is that there's three, in yoga, there's three requirements for transformation. The first one is that we have a body, right, to be and do the submerging in, to be able to go deeper. The second one is that we have the teachings of yoga. Yes, thank God, especially right now. And then the third requirement is that we have thirst, which I love that because it goes back sort of to the water metaphor, right? That we want, that we're hungry for that submersion, to be in the water, to be connected. Um, And all of you obviously have been sticking with this for a really long time, even though we've been online and we can't be together. And so I know that you guys have all of these requirements. You've got the body, we've got the teachings, and then we have the thirst. Um, So I'm really grateful you're here on this Easter day. You're going to need a strap, a couple blocks, or Harry Potter books. A strap can also be a scarf. 
I recommend always having a blanket and then obviously your mat. So let's go to the mats together.